One of the feedbacks we got from this podcast. What? We lively. gotta be so real. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be. What am I supposed to do here? Uh, Anyways, we're talking about marriage. So don't mumble. All Let's right, go. three, two, one. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. And this is Father Tehong. And today we're going to talk about the sacrament of marriage by our two good friends, Emily and Aaron Lofi, uh, based out of Winona. And so we had just asked them about a week ago to say, hey, would you be interested in talking about the sacrament of marriage? Um, and they said yes, surprisingly. So You can breathe, you know. We're excited. I'm excited. I am excited, too. We're talking about marriage. And we have our two good friends here, Emily and Aaron, for those who couldn't catch the intro at first. <laughs> and so we have some questions to ask you guys. We're very thankful because we all know during this time that marriage has been under attack. There's different things out there. How does a person navigate even thinking about marriage in general? So how did, how did your journey to discern what, what marriage was and how did it start for both of you? Yeah, what was the, what was the call? What was the general just in prayer and those types of things? <laughs> um, I'll start. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I've obviously, like, everybody kind of has an experience of marriage from their childhood um, based on the family that they are born into and that they grow up in. Um, some of those experiences are good and some of them are not. Um, mine, fortunately, was good. And so I think from an early age, I kind of always thought, like, oh, marriage is just the goal. Like, that's just kind of what you do in life. Um, is get married, and um, so I always kind of had a, a positive attitude towards it, I guess, um, but I never really viewed marriage as a vocation or understood what a vocation really was until college when I just started to grow more deeply in my faith. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep, okay. yep, good. yep, yep okay. just making sure before I talk a bunch. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so as I grew um, more in my faith and kind of understood more, I guess, who I was in God's eyes, um, the idea of vocation and vocational discernment came more um, to the forefront, I guess, in my mind. But I guess for me, I, I never really, even at that point, thought like that there was any other option than marriage. Um, I had always kind of been a girl that was in a lot of relationships, um, which is not... <laughs> Not something that's the best to talk about now as a married woman, but, you know, everybody's got a past. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I, yeah, I kind of had always, yeah, just felt like, yep, this is, this is where I'm headed. But um, my first year after college, I served as a missionary um, and we were asked to go on a dating fast for that year, meaning that we didn't date. We weren't in any romantic relationships. You fast from from any of that, um, just to be like freely available in your missionary work. And so that was actually the first time um, since probably I was a teenager that I had like kind of taken all romantic interests and relationships off the table. And it was very eye-opening to me because I realized how much I relied on a relationship to kind of complete my identity or even to fulfill my happiness. Um, and so through that year and through that realization, um, God just started kind of piercing my heart. Um, I was also like really forming a prayer life for the first time in my life, like a very consistent prayer life doing, um, yeah, frequent holy hours every day, um, and really falling in love with Jesus. And so 
kind of halfway through this year, I realized that um, in order to freely follow Christ and to freely love him, I needed to say yes to him in whatever he was asking of me. And so um, that's when I finally kind of said, okay, God, I, I want to be completely fulfilled by you um, before anything else. And so I want this dating fast to be a time where I am dating you, um, where I'm dating Jesus. And I am, yeah, just falling more in love with you and seeing seeing myself as complete um, in you alone. And so shortly after that, I actually had the opportunity to go on what I call now, it was like kind of this like God planned nun run, um, which I was not intending. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't even expect that coming. But just through my missionary work, um, I was taken to kind of a conference that ended up being at a convent um, one week. And then the following week, I was helping lead a spring break mission trip, which actually was a nun run that the person planning it um, didn't tell anybody. About. So, um, so, but it was beautiful because leading right into that was kind of that realization of I really needed to discern my vocation and not just, um, yeah, like in who I am in Christ, like what is he calling me to be? Because I can't freely say yes to anything if I haven't um, heard God say no to things. And so um, it was just a beautiful, like nun run, I guess, these two weeks of really like learning about the beauty of religious life and, and what it meant to be a bride of Christ um, in that regard. And to the point where, you know, when you see something that beautiful um, and that glimpse of heaven, you, you want it for yourself because you think like, oh, like this is the path to holiness. So of course I want this. And so I had this, um, we were at the Sisters of Life convent in somewhere in New York and they were having a holy hour for the public. So we went to that and I was in front of the Lord in the Eucharist and I just said, Lord, if you are calling me to religious life, I am 100% in. Like, I just want whatever your will is for me. And if this is your path, then I will 100% choose it. And in that time of prayer, I very clearly heard God say, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> um, so he kind of let me down <laughs> gently, um, but just very clearly spoke to my heart and said, I have called you um, for something else. Like I've created you to love another and, and to love you through another. And it was the first time that I had really realized that the vocation of marriage is not just about the love between a man and a woman and what what we're creating and, and the, that bond together, but it's God's love through each other. Um, so it's still a marriage to God in a sense because you're experiencing God's love through your spouse, um, and then you're experiencing God's love for your spouse and giving giving his love to them. Um, so once I really realized that and, and had kind of that moment, um, it was just, yeah, that moment of clarity of, yes, my, my vocation is marriage, and it is a vocation of holiness and um, of really, truly letting God love me through that. So that was my journey, I guess, yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> I don't be able to top that at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, that, this is the reason why... I let my wife go first because she does it so eloquently, and I just don't do it like that. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, a lot of Emily and I's story is the same, just a different context. Um, like how Emily grew up is kind of the same way that I grew up. It really depends on what your family dynamic looks like. Uh, if you're 
relative or if you are favorable to marriage and really at that point growing up I really didn't have anything other than marriage around me I didn't have anybody that was a priest or a religious nun or a religious brother so I really wasn't exposed to that until I was in college and so uh, for me always grew up yeah I mean that's what that's what people do we just get married um, and so talking about even just that dating fast that I took myself it was really eye-opening for me to not have those attachments and for me I really didn't have a lot of girlfriends growing up I had just a few that were kind of longer uh, in duration and so uh, for me it was it was not much of an attachment honestly but that dating fast really allowed me to understand more of who I am and who I am in God's eyes and my own identity. And that's where I would say is like where I kind of found myself. And once you found yourself, then you can find what your vocation is. Um, and it's always, it's always a work in progress. But at that point, I was really answering those big questions in my life is, who am I? Who is Aaron? And who is Aaron in God's eyes? And so I went on a retreat uh, during this, this time of, of a dating fast, and I really sat down with that question. Um, and a, a verse always came up in my mind. It was from the Gospel of John. Um, and Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And I took that in my own experience, my life experiences, I took that as, as marriage. I took that and looked at that as like, I want to lay down my life for my wife. Mm-hmm. And I want to lay down my life for my potential children. Mm-hmm. And that's where I finally kind of, and it was very peaceful. It was joyful. Like, I wanted, I wanted that. And I think through my prayer with that, that allowed me to understand that this is something that I really want to pursue. Not to say that I, I wasn't pursuing priesthood mm-hmm. or, or any type of religious uh, affiliation, you know, with other orders, um, but that that verse always stuck out to me as I as I read through it and prayed through it as the, the weeks and months after that retreat was. Is I want to lay down my life for Christ, my wife, and my kids, and, and in that order, because you have to have that ordered of my identity is not in my wife, it's not in my kids, it's in God, and that is the first and foremost. Um, obligation that I have. And so that's that's where I kind of found my vocation and continue to yeah, down that road of marriage and to pursue Christ and then pursue Christ in in potential relationships with, with women and lonely my my wife. And oddly enough, um I think that correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that like point of both of us realizing like our fulfillment is in God and he's calling us to marriage or that's where we can find that greater fulfillment was like right around the same time. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's weird mm-hmm. how God's timing kind of aligned sure. with both of us to kind of prepare us for, um, yeah, just the next step, I guess, of entering into our relationship with each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you guys sense that? Like, did you guys have that as a conversation when you guys first started dating? Or, or was that? I mean, that was that an afterthought that you guys realized that? Or, well, I think we both. So we knew each other um, for about 
six months before we started dating, and we were both missionaries together. Um, and so we we were on this dating fast together in a sense because we were both in our first year of missionary work. Um, but I do remember because that you went on that retreat like during spring was it like spring, right break? spring yeah. break? And then yeah. I went on that like pseudo nun run during spring break as well. And so. I mean, we kind of came back from those experiences and shared it, maybe not in a one-on-one mm-hmm. setting, um, but in more of like a group setting right. of like, oh, this is, you know, what God's doing in my life and yeah. what I've realized. And then I think that just ultimately freed us up, at least mm-hmm. me personally, I can't speak for you, but I just felt like it freed me up once that dating fast did end. And then when we started dating like a month or so later, I, I just had that freedom in knowing like this is... Um, yeah, where God wants me. And obviously I didn't know at the time that the relationship we were starting was going to be the one that led us to marriage. But um, yeah, but I think it is really important to have that discernment first. Like some people kind of say like, oh, well, like I'll just start dating people. And if if I get in a serious relationship, then that's my sign that I'm called to marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, you know, like you guys could probably attest to this in seminary. Like it's not like somebody if they, if you just happen to make it through seminary without getting kicked out or something then you're called the priesthood i mean maybe he, like yeah. you have to have that calling yeah like maybe uh, deep, nope. that's part of right. it thank you for crushing that yes yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely correct 100 agree with you I'm yep 100 yeah so yeah i would say this yeah the same goes for for dating for marriage like having that purpose um and that true calling in in your own heart and in your relationship with the Lord before you kind of take that step of looking for a serious relationship. So, yeah. How, how would you, uh, especially in the way that the world that we're living, I love both of your stories, just like, you know, that willingness to ask God, okay, if I were to take a step back and do it your way, what would happen? Cause I know for, for a lot of our listeners who are on the edge, uh, the signs were probably all there, but they're just, either not ready to accept it or unsure how to go. So how did you, what would you advise them? You know, if, if they're seriously thinking about becoming, you know, married, but yet they want to know their vocation first in order to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say our first vocation is to be a disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you got to know what that is. Yeah. You got to know who you are. Because I wouldn't say it's very rare, but, you know, you're going to date people. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try to discern what the Lord is asking of you in that relationship. Um, but you need to know who you are. And, and in your identity, you're going to find your vocation. Mm-hmm. And so to not to not really go and, and date just because of date, uh, but have the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, shield yourself also mm-hmm. to to having maybe not so much, like, future plans or future talks in such a a new relationship. The one thing I always talk about with Emily is I married my best friend. Mm -hmm. That was very, very true. Uh, Still is today, but very true. Uh, (laughs) We were glad deal. Even during COVID times. (laughs) Oh, come on now. It wasn't Even through quarantine, we're still friends. Absolutely. (laughs) Always will be. Always will be. But we were, when we were even just on a team together, not even dating, like, we had a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. And that was, 
not in a relationship setting. Like, we enjoy each other's company. We like to go out and have a drink. We like to go play darts. We like to do things outdoors together. And that was without any, you know, relationship like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? Or do you think this relationship is going somewhere? Like, we just enjoy each other's company, and we still do in the midst of our family dynamic. But we just... I love what she loves and I like to do what she likes to do and to experience different things that Emily likes to do. And hopefully that's the same <laughs> that she likes to experience with me and my, like my, yeah, my few things that I like to do. Um, and so I think that's a, a big thing is, can you be true to yourself yet before entering into kind of those, you know, and those conversations will have to come sooner or later, but, in, on the onset, making that decision is your first vocation is to be a saint and to to be a disciple. And within that, you you are going to find your vocation. You need to take an action to do that, mm-hmm. and to to have open and honest conversations about about that. But I have fun. I think that's the biggest thing is not to be so pressured yeah. to to find the one on the first date. Mm-hmm. Is you got to have fun. And I think that's what what it is, and you like that fun in a group and in a one-on-one setting. Um, so yeah, that's what I would. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Yeah, I love the fact that both of you came to you know the conclusion that first I have to be in Christ, first I have to have a prayer life, and um, I guess that would be the the practical part of this. You know, of like if if we got couples or individuals that are out there that aren't quite on the line of dating or wondering what to do, we'll start your relationship with Jesus. Um, start your relationship with him in the church. And I just loved how both of you, you phrased that. And actually, Aaron, that's, that's great that you bring up that scripture quote. Because when I read that, I read that as I'm called to the priesthood. <laughs> I read that, and every time I read that, I'm like, yeah, laying down my life for my sheep, okay, like, you know, like that, and like, you lay down your life for a friend, okay, complete stranger, I'm anointing you, you're my friend, you know, um, so that's just, that's just really awesome how the Lord, and that's what I always, I always tell people, is like, the Lord speaks to your personal life right. through scripture, mm-hmm. how he designed you, you know, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, so that's just, that's, because that's the same scripture quote. I pray with it a lot. And I'm like, no. Yeah. But that's great. That's so cool. That's so so good. <laughs> um, and if I can just yeah. jump along the same lines. Uh, have you noticed maybe it's because our generation has become more different. Me and we're more involved with our faith. We know more of the, uh, of the terminology. I love what you guys said earlier. Like the pressure of, you know, I have to know this person, right? Get married on the first time. Or the universal call of, of holiness. I love what you said, Emily. God's calling me to love in a specific way. Do you think maybe if we were to kind of still present the same truth, but poise it that way in a question, right? How is God asking you to love? You know that you're supposed to be called a good Catholic, a holy Catholic. But how is God calling you to love in a specific way? Would that be more helpful to those who are in a relationship or those who are even consider to marriage in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be probably the best way to think of it and the best way to think of just a vocation to holiness anyway like is service like and sacrifice and um yeah I mean everybody I think sometimes there's this 
misconception of marriage that it's just this fairy tale like happily ever after kind of life and and obviously there are plenty of joys and there is happiness um but sometimes there is loneliness too like sometimes you can feel lonely in the midst of marriage like if you know whatever like whatever season you're in I know for me um first time motherhood was a very lonely season um and so I think it's a really good um reminder I guess for people thinking about like if they're called to the vocation of marriage that um the vocation itself is not like the fulfillment of everything it is the path to everything I guess like it is your path to sanctity it is your path to to heaven and so that that sense of where is God calling you to love um you could almost even add like where is God calling you to serve um and where is God calling you to give or to sacrifice um just to yeah just to really put it in that kind of a light um and I think maybe for men like maybe that speaks to men too because I know it's hard for men correct me if I'm wrong I'm the only woman here but I know it's hard for men to like I guess, commit, um, especially when it comes to marriage. Like you you hear a lot more often of, you know, these bachelors that are kind of, you know, past their time or whatever because they just don't want to commit. Um, But I think men really want something to give themselves to, and they really want to feel like they're they're serving and sacrificing. And, and yeah, it all goes back to that verse again, like laying down your life for something um, for others. So Yeah, we had... Father Andy Vogel put it boldly as every man wants to die for something. So lay down yeah. your life for something, you know. So either either being a biological father, die, or be a priest and die. <laughs> Whatever it is, you got to die. So, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, yeah, that resonates. How yeah, I mean, you have to realize, too, that the culture does not tell us that, though. Right, exactly. exactly. And, that's, and that's the big, we're swimming up current. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very counter of what society is going to tell us. You know, I have I've been talking with two high school friends of mine, um, and they are in relationships with with women, but there there's no sense of commitment, mm-hmm. um, and it's difficult. Like even talking with one of them, it was like I just want to live my life mm-hmm. before I have to settle down. Yep. and that's it's. A, it's so hard to have a conversation about marriage and how that's just the complete opposite of it. Right. Uh, and so to know that, you know, what, who you surround yourself around is going to speak into your life, the friends that you have, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the examples you have. And the right? examples yeah. that you have. And even the things that you watch at night, even mm-hmm. the movies. Nothing right. against chick flicks. But there is some, there is a, a narrative in there mm-hmm. of of some you know of waiting for that Prince Charming to come and he's going to sweep you off your feet everything's going to be perfect happily ever after like Emily said mm-hmm. that's just sometimes not the case like that's not that's not reality in some capacity you know it's not going to end up like that mm-hmm. but there are beautiful moments you know in our lives and in our marriage that yeah it was happily ever after mm-hmm. but that also comes with a struggle of of ourselves individually and within our marriage mm-hmm. to get to that point, but that point is so much more fulfilling once we get there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would agree. Like it's sometimes really hard for men to commit because there are other forces that are at work 
telling them that it's easier to do this way sometimes or maybe hold up a little more until you're ready, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, those, and it's difficult to speak into those those people's lives not knowing what where they're getting that their those ideas from. And society doesn't help us at all in right. in that. And that's yeah. why I think we see more I mean we see the divorce rate up super high. Mm. We see, you know, men maybe getting married at later ages. Uh, within their careers and feeling stable enough to support a family then. Um, but. Yeah, and I mean, nothing, nothing's bad about getting married mm-hmm. like at a later time. Like, nope. it, you know, sometimes God doesn't call you to marriage until later, but the problem is if you're resisting that commitment until later, it's much harder to let go of your independence um, when you've lived your life for decades um, and then suddenly you're joining it with somebody else, um, it's much, much harder um, when you've yeah, had that, that practice and that, that lifestyle for so long. So, so, yeah, men don't need to drag their feet as long. That would be how I would sum it up. That would be your advice thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> put that out there, guys. Listen to that one. Write <laughs> <laughs> <I> down notes. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I just thought one last thing. If you guys, what has been like the blessing of being married that you would never expect to happen? And what was something, um, um, you know, like blessings and surprises, I guess I want to say. Did it fulfill it? Were some parts you didn't expect? And were some parts like, oh, I never imagined this to happen? Any thoughts on that? Hmm. <laughs> um, Sorry for, for putting you on the spot. That's why I co-host. I asked a good question. No, that's good. So a blessing that can I just rephrase the question, make sure I understand it right. So a right. blessing that I, a blessing that we've been given, okay. and then things that we didn't expect to happen, Correct. basically. Yep. Okay. Um, I would say from the blessing side of things, um, it really is remarkable how present God is in a sacramental marriage um, and in a lot of ways but I I would say particularly in our spousal relationship I just there's so many times and often it's very little because God usually speaks in the whispers right but um, there's just a lot of times where I just very clearly hear and see God through Aaron Um, and it's you know in something he says or usually something he does like just like a little act of kindness or service um but it ties into something kind of in my own relationship with the lord that maybe you know i was working through on my own with god and then it's like god kind of brings it back to me through aaron um and again that it's it's beautiful and it really ties straight back into what i was saying at the beginning about my discernment um of marriage and and how that realization of like that spousal sacramental marriage is God loving us through our spouses um, and being able to be God to each other, like be God's love to each other. So I would say that would be a blessing. Um, do you want to share your blessing or do you sure. want me to do my surprise? It's pretty much the same thing I was thinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're married. Hey, yeah. that's awesome. They're together. It's great. Right. You can tell. I mean, yeah, the one th- I was going to say is it's great to share life with my wife and and just to see you know when I am feeling upset sad 
angry, anything like that, like, she comes and talks with me, and she consoles me. Like, that's Christ. That's point blank. That is Jesus Christ ministering to my needs. And I just, yeah, it's beautiful to, to know that Emily is so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And through her prayer, she reveals Christ to me within her actions and the way that she talks and the way that she, she just mothers our children. I mean, that is... That is Christ, and that is Mary. That is, uh, yeah, it's the epitome of everything that we we hope for in, in another person. And so that is my blessing. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Awesome. What was the other question? That surprise. Um, and then the surprise. surprise. I can go first on this one. Okay. <laughs> it's only fair. So I'm... I've been thinking about this for a while because I knew you probably would ask this anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I had to think about it, too. We ramble, um, all right? Okay. Hey, I love the ramble with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, though, and I've, I've answered this, and I was, yeah, this always comes up. My biggest surprise in marriage is to see how selfish I was before I got married. Oh, wow. Mm. For the simple fact is, when I, I mean, when I was single, I could do what I wanted to do. Yeah. I could go to the places where I wanted to go, be with the people that I wanted to be with. Not to say that that's a bad thing now because I'm married, but I see how much being a husband and a father is a selfless sacrifice of how I was not prepared <laughs> at all. <laughs> To enter this vocation, yet Christ has called me to this vocation because he knows what I need. Like, he knows what virtues I need to attain. And he's slowly but surely rubbing off my nicks uh, of those sharp edges. Sharp, my sharp edges, as my wife knows very, very well. Which we will not say at this yes. point. That's <laughs> Um, that's right maybe afterwards we can (laughs) um but this think it was just a huge surprise that i never really realized till maybe two or three years into our marriage like i sat down thinking holy cow like i was so selfish with with the time that i had not to say that i don't have it anymore but it's it's reoriented into a, a beautiful good that God's called me to. And sometimes it's very difficult to make that decision to say yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking of something. <laughs> but The one bedroom. <laughs> we got to tell a quick story. The good that I have in this house with my wife, with our three children, yeah. is so beautiful um, that I, yeah, I pick it every day. Like, wake up. And I try to be the best disciple, the best husband, the best father that I can be, knowing my faults are always in front of me and knowing that it's going to be a battle today, you know, within myself. But I need to rely on Christ more. And this is the day that I can do it. And these are the times where it's it's difficult. Um, but I, I freely choose to do that. Okay, the story real quick that I was cracking up because it just made me think <laughs> We have um, this friend that we know 
No, new, whatever. Um, we haven't talked in like three years, but um, okay. So he, um, at the time, I think was a father of five. I think they've yes. had like two more kids since yeah. then. But um, this just gives you a glimpse into married married life, um, especially married life with kids. But I guess he was telling Aaron one time about how he was using the bathroom um, for a while on the toilet, and um, all of a sudden, like bunch of his kids burst in and then his wife burst in and they're all like because I guess they shared a bathroom yeah. or something yeah. and so they're all like clamoring for space and making all this noise and his wife goes what are you <laughs> thinking about honey and can I do the yeah. fine yeah. Yeah. He, he told he told me you know I'm just thinking about my one bedroom condo right now <laughs> a I'm, one bedroom I'm, condo I'm that about, I used to have I'm thinking about my one yeah. bedroom condo <laughs> and how great that was Silence. <laughs> Silence. That's what I'm thinking. It was great. And, and we laugh. I mean, yeah. we laugh. Use that line and we use pretty it. frequently because we've never shared a bathroom. Or we've always shared always a bathroom. Shared we've a never bathroom. had our own bathroom yeah. separate yeah. from yeah. our kids yeah. in all the places that we've lived in our seven years. And so oftentimes Oh, my gosh. Say, it's so good to lighten the moment. Yeah. Just think about <laughs> one like, bedroom condo. Exactly. Because I've had some really great conversations as I go into the bathroom with my five-year-old son in the bathroom. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, that one bedroom condo would have been so, so nice. To oh, good. Oh. But how much better is it now? How right? much better it is to yeah. have an open door policy? Oh, <laughs> welcome. Whatever. Sorry, that, anyway, was, that okay. was a great story. Cut that that'd be out. awesome. Really? I totally feel like I should start this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you said you needed more banter. That's right. We do. Actually, we have been starting to take our mistakes and throwing them at the beginning of the podcast. So that's nice. Everything needs a good hook, right? Yeah, that's right. Um. Okay. Can I say my thing real quick of what I'm surprised? Okay. Um. Okay. So I would say one of the things that has been surprising is that um god likes to just surprise us i guess in marriage like there's just been lots of times where we thought our life was going to go a certain way or thought our plans were going to be a particular thing um for instance we have moved every two years or less throughout our entire marriage um of seven years and wait seven years (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, seven years in October, so we're um, I'm just kidding. I'm just testing you, honey. Um, so we've yeah we've we've moved a lot, and I mean each move we kind of thought was going to be a more permanent move, and then all of a sudden we found ourselves moving um, very quickly thereafter. And so we're actually this is a fun fact. Um, August 1st will mark the longest time in our whole marriage that we have been in one place. So we're going to throw a mini party, probably with just ourselves um, and our kids, um, just celebrating some stability in our lives for once. But um, just with that, like, there's just, like, you kind of expect your life to go a certain way, and then God likes to throw surprises in. And I think that one thing that's been beautiful with it is that, we're never alone in it. Like we, we can journey through it together and we can go through kind of those like terrible phases of transition or um, despair or whatever, like over something like a lost job or a move or 
um, a lost pregnancy or whatever it may be, um, but we can do it together. Mm-hmm. And just the gift of, of having a helpmate or, you know, a partner to, to really journey with through those unexpected twists and turns has been truly a gift. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Anything else? What was the other, what was the second part of that question that I had that I actually texted you guys? Advice. Yeah, the advice part of, like, you know, the delusion that we get of marriage, of what marriage could be, and then reality of being married, and what advice could you give, you know, people discerning the marriage life? Um, yeah, I mean, I know we touched on that a little bit, just in the sense of, like, marriage isn't a fairy tale, so try not to go in with those expectations. Um, I think another thing, too, that Aaron and I had talked about with just probably our top piece of advice um, is to never forget to prioritize your spouse um, and never stop dating your spouse. Like you always need to make time and fight for the time to be together. And obviously with children, that makes it a lot harder. Um, But even couples that don't have children, like, yeah, like schedules and activities and work and all this stuff tends to get in the way. Um, So I would say, yeah, that's probably been our best advice that we received um, going into marriage and something that we've, you know, kind of fluctuated in, in how well we've excelled at it over the years. Um, but it's something that we always go back to of just, like, that is that is key, like, just having that time together. And so, for instance, we have a weekly date night, um, and mostly it's, like, a date night in um, because we are poor and in Stop. quarantine time, so we don't have, yeah. And we have three kids, so we don't. Yeah, we don't always have like the babysitters that we can have or whatever. But so you have more because you're in Winona now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, but just like it doesn't really matter what we're doing. Like we could be, you know, out on a boat on the Mississippi River at sunset, or we could be sitting in front of our fireplace playing cards, and both of those things are going to fill us up um, and really build up our marriage, and then that will kind of bound outwards and bless our children and bless um, all those that our marriage kind of gives witness to as well. And so, yeah, I think, and that was something I think, yeah, that kind of going back to that first part of the question that we didn't really understand about marriage before we were in it, that, yeah, you kind of think like, oh, you get married and it's just all about the two of you all the time. And, um, and that's not true. I mean, your marriage is meant to kind of be a reflection um, of God's love to the world, um, but that, yeah, you need to, just like you need to fight for time in your prayer life with the Lord, you need to, to fight for that time and prioritize that time with your spouse. Because so. it can't be all about the kids. Yes. Absolutely the biggest thing is it, can't, it cannot be all about the kids because your husband and or your wife were before your kids. Yeah. Yeah, we sometimes joke, you know that scripture verse, I think it's in... I think I know Jesus says it. I want to say it's in Matthew where he says like three will be divided against two and two will be divided against three. Once we had our third child, I said yes, we're finally fulfilling this scripture <laughs> against two and two against three. So, Mathematically, it's working. Yeah. That's awesome. So, the prophecy that Jesus said. Yeah. Right. He, yeah, he said that about us, I guess. Yeah. He said it about so, a grain of wheat too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Green so. wheat dies, 
mean, it's such yep. a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Yep. Sacrament of marriage. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. And the other thing, this is a really cool part that you guys were both bringing up, is God's blessing through the loved, um, through the other, is that's actually, you know, one of the funeral rites, one of the prayers of the funeral rites yes. is... Mm. Um, the gift of that person as, as the individual is our sharing in the blessings of God's saints or grace. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it's phrased, yeah. but it's phrased beautifully. It's like, yeah. not only did this person have a beautiful life or did so much, mm-hmm. but their gift to us is God's gift to us. And that just deepens the mm-hmm. sense of anyone's anyone's giftedness so or who they're called to be. So. Good. Well, anything else? Oh, you you get you grace us with your knowledge and wisdom. I, I think it's very helpful for not only just our listeners, but also for us priests to hear, especially when we meet with young couples and yeah. who are getting married. Just kind of present them in a real, but also a faith-filled life, saying, "Hey, we want you to, to succeed, and we're gonna we're gonna be there to walk with you." So is God. So thank you for sharing us your wisdom and your time with us. Yeah. Cool. No, but thank you so much, guys, for coming, and we thank you all, all of our listeners for um, being, um, you know, good stewards of the time, but also good, um, good Catholics just listening and trying to deepen your relationship with Christ. For all those who are out there are discerning about vocations of marriage, you know, really take the time to pray and ask God, what is it that you want of me, and how are you calling me to love? So once again, I'm Father Tay. And Father Brian, and we actually have podcasts on how to pray, which is how we started this podcast. And we have a podcast on what's my identity in God and what's the world. And that was during Lent this year that we did all those conversations. So, thanks for listening. Stay holy, my friends. This is Father Brian signing off. Bye.